This episode of Nomad Athlete Radio is brought to you by Bombas. Bombas makes socks that are comfortable and look great for every occasion with a wide variety of options. To get 20% off your first purchase, visit bombas.com slash no meat. Hi, this is Hope. This is Kareem. Hi, this is Katie from Washington, D.C., and you're listening to No Meat Athlete Radio. Matt, so as you know, it was Labor Day weekend, or it was a holiday weekend over the this past weekend. Did and that? Uh, yeah. Did you not miss that? <laughs> nope. Good. Good. I'm glad you glad you got to celebrate. Uh, and I got to go back to summer camp. Oh yeah. Yeah. Salute your short style. Salute your short style. <laughs> I even sang the theme song to Eliza <laughs> when we were pulling into the parking lot. <laughs> okay. So what what do you mean? You went to a camp that you went to when you were a kid or something? No. It was, uh, so her she goes to a preschool at a at a church, and the church I guess has like a big picnic there uh, at this they run out of camp and has a big picnic every labor day weekend so we went for the first time and i uh, got to like swim in the lake and go down the big slide and the zip line it was like it was a way more luxurious camp than what i grew up going to yeah. but the coolest part was they had one of those giant blob things what's that it's uh it's like this one of those big like uh inflatable just kind of blobs that sit in the lake uh-huh. and then a high dive and uh, one person kind of positions themselves at one end of the blob, and then someone else jumps off the high dive uh-huh. onto onto the blob and launches that person like way up in the air. <laughs> yeah, and it was so much fun. <laughs> it was. Uh, I got a friend who is uh, a little bit bigger than I am to do the launching, and he just crushed. It. I mean, I, it was like you're just sitting there. You know, all relaxed into this big, like, big bubble of, of air. And then all of a sudden, it's like, <laughs> just go flying 10, 10 feet up in there. It was yeah. so much fun. It was it's, really it's cool. It's, like, pretty safe. You don't land, like, on in odd ways on your neck or something? I mean, you land in the water. You might, you kind of flail around, so... I'm not going to yeah. lie. I was a little bit sore after <laughs> the, the next day. <laughs> but, you know, but it was really fun. It was it was quite quite a thrill. Was it, it wasn't Donkey Lips who uh, who jumped onto the thing and launched you, was it? <laughs> no, from it wasn't. The, from the old days? It wasn't Donkey Lips, no. <laughs> <laughs> That's a salute your shorts reference. Don't we don't have no, some I, friend named Donkey Lips. So. <laughs> I, uh, I really did sing the theme song as we pulled into the parking lot. Of course. That's not a joke. It's a great theme song. <laughs> I tell you, I watched those episodes. I thought you could find them on YouTube. They're really grainy and not very good. But uh, I watched a couple with my kid a long time ago when we were all into that. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, summer camp. I never experienced that kind of thing. I don't just didn't. Maybe that's why I'm not an outdoors person now. But uh, <laughs> I don't know. It seems yeah. seems kind of fun. Oh, it was very fun. Good. Just a big playground. <laughs> yeah. Good. Big dangerous playground, it seems like to me. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you're getting more scared in your old age. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's true. I yeah. think that is true. I'm, I'm, I can, I, the Grim Reaper's creeping up. Got to start, start, uh, just it's true. Keep, if you want to live to be a, live to be a thousand, you gotta exactly. <laughs> gotta be careful. Exactly. Hyper be vigilant. weary of the giant blob. <laughs> yeah. All right. Anyway, on to uh, actual topics. We are talking today about something. Uh, we we've done a bunch of these episodes in the older days. We haven't done them recently for some reason. Um, maybe we've just been in a different season of life than has us focused on goals right now. But. Uh, I like this episode. It, it's uh, another one of these, you know, X things you're you're doing wrong about something. Uh, <laughs> positive episode. X. 
Next reasons why you terrible. Horrible person. All right. Uh, but anyway, our idea is is talk about things that are holding you back from your goals because i mean more than that's i mean that that's what so many problems are right like the <laughs> at least the questions that we see at nomad athlete all the time is people who who are frustrated okay not the questions because there are plenty of people who just have questions and say like how much protein is in this or whatever but mm-hmm. the ones that are troubling are people who just can't make progress with something and they say, I've tried and tried, and I just can't do it, do whatever. Whether it's become vegan, whether it's, you know, run consistently without getting injured, whether it's whatever. Um, and so we wanted to just take a step back and address goals in general. And the things we believe, I guess the behaviors that uh, are are poison to your to your goal achievement. Yeah. Fair? I Next think things that... that are poison to your goal achievement. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Um, so anyway, let's uh, maybe easier understood once we just begin. So I, I'll. Uh, <laughs> Why don't you go ahead and get us? I will kick us off, and this one is one that I firmly believe. I don't think it's that controversial anymore. But I, I wrote a post a long time ago called the Moderation Hoax or something like that. Mm. Maybe it's the Great Moderation Hoax, and it was one of the first blog posts that that got people writing back things like "You're an idiot" or "You know, you don't know what you're talking about" or "This is crazy." Uh, and but nowadays I see that all the time, and I, I didn't certainly didn't didn't come up with the idea or even popularize it. It's just I think the culture has moved in that direction. Um, but I think that balance is holding people back from goals for the most part. Trying to balance, feeling that like their life needs to be in balance, whatever that really means. I guess that means all the different areas of your life. You're kind of progressing in all of them or maintaining in, you know, all of them. Um, and for me, the only time I've ever really achieved anything big is when that becomes like my complete obsession to the point where a lot of people could criticize it and say you know this you're you're doing too much with this thing like you need your your life is out of balance and you're losing ground in terms of i don't know friendships or uh health that hasn't really related to mine because my things have often been health related um but, you know, I think to me, it feels like, you know, a laser beam works because it's all focused in one area, right? And if you spread that light over over a much wider area, it's not, doesn't cut through metal anymore. It just, it just shines light. So I kind of think that's what, that's how moving towards goals is. Like you kind of need, at least for me, uh, I need to put everything else aside and say, this is the only thing I care about and am focused on. And it's the most important thing in my life right now for this brief amount of time. And then... You make a ton of progress on it. Maybe you achieve whatever the goal is, uh, if there is a you know a finish line to it. And then for me, go back and pick up the pieces and go fix everything else and move on to a new <laughs> one that now has you know gotten totally out of balance and fix that. Um, but I mean, in that way, I don't feel like I don't feel like it's one massive backslide. I feel like it's I feel like gradually I kind of move forward with everything. So that's that's my one of my biggest ones is don't forget about balance. I think it just I just think it doesn't. I don't know. There's there's no place for that to me. So like how do you, how do you <laughs> how do you manage that and you know and still keep a job or still stay in a relationship? Uh I mean I think that's the tricky part is like is you know there's a difference between kind of obsessing and and getting dropping all the other extracurriculars you do you know, and, uh, and then also like upending your life, you know? Yeah. And, right. um, and 
I, you know, I, I don't know, maybe you're going to argue that it's okay to upend your life a little bit, but, um, for, I don't know, like how, how do you manage that? I guess. <laughs> right. I don't know. I think, I think certainly there are people who are super high achievers who let their life get upended. Right. And like suddenly the business that they're working on becomes more important than their marriage, mm-hmm. right. Or their family. And then everyone knows that story. It's just, it's just the, the entrepreneur who gets super successful as far as money goes and then is completely unhappy forever uh, <laughs> because that's just how he or she is. Um, like, obviously, in my case anyway, it's there have been those certain kind of rocks, I guess you would call them, these things that like you're not going to allow to move or, or to, you know, become terrible. I mean... I, I would say, like, just to take that example, when Nomad Athlete was being built in those early years, when it was like required just so much focus, um, my my grad school definitely got upended, and I and I quit that because yeah. because it I don't know like I that would have seemed like the wrong path to try to like keep half doing Nomad Athlete and keep half doing grad school so that neither of them really moves quickly along. Uh, but for some people, maybe that would would work. But I just to me, I can't imagine have, being successful with either had I tried to focus on both. So that got totally upended. Uh, on the other hand, I don't think I would have ever, well, I don't want to say would have ever, because it depends what like the situation was, but like with my situation, my wife, like that was never something that became threatened because it, you wouldn't let it. Like I wouldn't let it just, it just, it, that mm-hmm. was too important, right? So like it had to be protected and, and it had to make some compromises. So I'm, I guess I'm not saying every single else, every other item in your life is completely, you know, just destroyed because all you do is focus on this i mean you still be a human and kind of you know be friendly and eat dinner with <laughs> your family i mean you know um so i obviously i think i guess that's where the that's where the wiggle room is right you could you can be steve jobs who is this incredible entrepreneur but had no no seemingly very little love or friendship in his life um i don't know how fair that is to say honestly but uh it's a stereotype or you can, I think, be someone who's who's not quite that far. So, yeah. I don't know. And and by the way, I'm talking about entrepreneurship. This could apply, of course, to to running your first marathon or your first ultra marathon or or breaking a certain time barrier that you have to run a race in. Uh, whatever, losing weight, putting on weight, any of these things. Yeah. Well, I think I think that uh, I think that's that's an important I don't know distinction to make of of the. The type of commitment over, not maybe not overcommitment, but commitment where it really is your only focus in life and everything else is secondary, including family and friends and relationships, um, versus where it, it just be- becomes your top priority aside from the essential untouchables, like uh-huh. maybe your marriage. Yeah, um, right. And, and, kids. Uh, and kids, yeah. And maybe your work, depending on what, what that is and what your goal is. Maybe your work. Certain things, yeah. You just yeah. would not want those to be disrupted. Maybe your disc golf time. Maybe. You know, maybe your garden. Oh, man. It's like now it's like number 18 on the list. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, no, but but I think that that is a distinction. And, and you know, and, and I can say what, what I think is better. But, you know, whatever is better for you, I guess, is better for you. <laughs> yeah, um, I don't think there's a better one. I, I mean, yeah. really, like you could be Steve Jobs or you could be someone who is not famous like that. But still, but still <laughs> right. has a has a very happy family life, right? Yeah, uh, sure. Just say what's better. Mm-hmm. Um, but that that kind of segues in really nicely to my first one, which is um, let's see, let's see, how are we setting this up? Are we telling them what they're doing wrong? Or are we? 
We are telling the nice people what they are doing wrong. Okay. All right. That you don't have proper support from your partner. And that's why you're failing at your goals. And that, um, so for me, the, the only reason I think I've been able to be successful uh, at running or, you know, marathon or ultra marathon goals and big training things and, you know, commitment to certain goals and while why I've failed at other goals is when I haven't properly communicated the kind of why I'm so interested in this or why I'm, I'm dedicating all this time to, to some goal uh, to my partner and, and gotten her support from that. Um, and you know, you can, of course I can do things on my own. Like all these things are, I'm training on my own. I'm, you know, I'm kind of, I don't need her to hold me accountable necessarily, but, um, but when, if she's not supportive or if I haven't communicated that properly, um, then, you know, then it becomes this major conflict of, um, especially with kids of, you know, like how you're, you know, how you're using your time and, and how you're supporting the other partner with the kid and, and your family time or how, you know, why you guys aren't going to go out with your friends on, on one night because, um, you know, because you have to wake up super early in the morning and run for five hours, you know, mm-hmm. um, there's, or, or why you're not home to make dinner, you know, <laughs> like there are so yeah. many reasons why, like, uh, if you're committing yourself fully to a goal and you're spending all this time doing it, that it puts an extra strain on your partner and they don't have to necessarily get it a hundred percent and they don't necessarily, they don't have to be, you know, they're out there cheering you on or, you know, running next to you or anything like that. Um, but if you have, if they can support you enough to let you do it, right. Uh, or, or encourage, I don't know, give you the space to explore the goal on your own, then, uh, you're going to be a lot more successful. Does that make sense? Yes, totally. And I agree. Uh, like you, I've, anything that has actually worked, where I've kind of succeeded at it, it's always been, you know, there has always been support in that situation. Um, you know, I'm lucky. It seems like you're pretty lucky too. I mean, we both have have wives who are who are we we communicate well with and talk to and are supportive mm-hmm. of each other's goals. So that's that's great. Uh, I mentioned questions that we get before. That's one of the ones that comes up a lot, and I kind of don't know how to answer it when people say, like, I want to do this new habit thing and start whatever, meditating or running or something every single day. And I'm going to start getting up early to do it. Uh, but it's going to affect my, my wife and like getting the kids ready for school in the morning, uh, or my husband or whoever, you know, whatever the situation is. And they say, I, they're just, they just don't support what I'm doing and I don't know what to do. And in that case, I'm like, I just don't, I don't know what to say. Right. It's just, it's just hard. Mm -hmm. Like if you have someone who you've you've committed to spend your life with live in the same house you know go through the same many of the same things throughout the day together uh it's if there's this sort of force that is against what you're doing that's that's really hard to do anything yeah um so i've suggested things in the past to people like you know try to like i think you obviously have to be able to be open and communicate like that's the first thing is actually say what you're trying to do if you're because i've made that mistake before just sort of keeping it to myself mm-hmm. and like trying to make some Definitely. change kind of under the radar. Uh, and that, that does not work very long at all. Uh, right. And a lot of people try that. They want to make their, you know, they're going to have their big surprise when they shock <laughs> everyone by running their marathon. And that, that almost never works, unfortunately. Um, so I always say like, well, sit down and like, maybe you can, maybe there's something that your partner would really like to spend time on and would love to have your support on. 
sure. uh, and would like you to make some sacrifices to kind of help them feel good about making sacrifices for you. Uh, I don't know. That's kind of the only advice I have there other than pick a different partner and find someone who actually supports, you know, what you're doing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think, so like, I think that that's, that's a really good one though. The, the, the give and take of, you know, uh, I'm, I would love to have these three hours in the morning to go run. Um, and you know, and tomorrow I'd like to give you that same time to go do a yoga class or go on a hike or whatever. Right. Um, right. and, uh, you know, and I think that 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 really goes a long way because most most likely they want that time too, you know, um, and uh, and maybe don't want to ask for it or whatever. But you know, if you're willing to give it, then uh, then that goes a long way and yeah. kind of making it feel, um, I don't know, more equal. And and also the other thing, the other advice is you know is back to the communication, and that's I have found that. If when I when I'm just like yeah I want to uh, I want to go run this marathon or, you know I want to go train for this marathon is that cool and she's like I guess you know <laughs> um, but if I'm like if I have a real reason why I want to do it you know if I have this kind of um, more motivation than just uh, than just going to run the marathon but you know but maybe there's something bigger about the training or connecting with other people or, or whatever it is um, you know I think that that if I can communicate that well and get her invested in that as well and have her understand that, then, then that seems to work out better. Yeah. And, and it seems like, I mean, if you, if you have connected with someone so well that you have ended up in this situation where you are partners, it, it is, seems so unlikely to me that if someone truly deeply understood your motives or why you want whatever this thing is, mm-hmm. uh, that they would just say, I don't care about that. I ignore that. I'm, I'm against that still. Right. You know, it just, totally. it, it seems like they're not looking deep enough and or or they're not you know or i don't know how you ended up in that partnership situation <laughs> uh it just seems like i mean i don't know i can't imagine hearing from someone that they genuinely want this and here's why and and then saying no i can't support that right uh so I don't know. especially if you're willing to figure out how to you know support them and, and get make sure that things still get done yeah yeah right all right i've got another one um it it has like i think what you just mentioned that has to do with being honest with your partner and you know being deeply honest and like we said, just kind of getting past the surface of, I want to run a marathon or I want to be vegan, but more like, here's why I want that. And here's why that's so important to me. Just being, you know, deeply honest, cutting through whatever other surface stuff there is. Um, I think having that with yourself is, is mm. huge. And the, the thing that I had prepared as far as what you're, what's preventing you from stopping your goal. It's, it's that you're afraid of, of going after it. And mm. I think the honesty piece is, to acknowledge that and acknowledge just how many of your behaviors are really driven by that fear. And then once you can do that, then you can start to decide if those behaviors actually make sense or if you can, you can, you know, use this clarity to kind of get rid of them. Um, the common example, at least in my life for me is I always want, before I decide to take on something, uh, I always feel like I need to learn more about it. And so when I wanted to, start a business like out of college i said like this is i need to be an entrepreneur that's like what i just need to do uh that's that spoke to me instead of going and saying well then how do i start a business it was what more education do i need so that i can be certified and qualified so that no one could ever possibly criticize me for Mm -hmm. trying to start something saying who do you think you are to start this uh and so that ended up with me going to grad school and then first was i'm going to be a master's then it turned into be a phd and it was always like 
you know, I've got to get this one next step before I can actually come out into the world and like do my thing. Um, and so it took honesty and like just to realize that that's really what it was. Uh, it was fear. It was hiding and it was just, you know, a form of procrastination. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think everybody, not everybody, a lot of people who have big goals and that where they're just not happening and where they're just not making progress towards it. Uh, I think so often it's because you're, you're hiding out of fear. And it, this comes in the form of the people who are starting a podcast, but they tell themselves they first need to have 10 episodes recorded and lined up, queued up, ready to be released before they can actually hit publish on any of them. When my advice is just make one and see what happens. Make one and tell everyone you know about it and then see what feedback there is because that's usually going to make you feel like you need to get that second one up. Right. Um, writing a book, right? How many people are writing a novel that never ever finishes or sees the light of day or whatever um, because they're afraid to share the ideas, afraid to actually, to actually finish it or to actually go start showing it to people or doing what it takes to get it seen. Um or to even start, or to act, like you know, some people who are writing a novel, I think probably haven't ever actually started because they think they need something else first. So, mm-hmm. I think that's just a huge part of it. Um, being honest, being able to see see what things are are really just fear, you know, disguised as something you need to do first. Yeah, I mean, I think that not starting is is like was on my list, and I think that that, uh, I mean, yeah. you know, whether it's because of fears or or because you think that you have to do it perfectly. I mean, the podcast is a great example of, you know, you feel like you have to have all the right equipment and uh, the perfect soundproof room and, and all that stuff. I mean, you know, you listen to our first episodes, they sound terrible. Uh, I was listening to... Our new uh, episodes sound terrible. They all- <laughs> I, yeah, right. But I mean, way worse than this, you know? <laughs> right. Uh, you know, I was listening to something, uh, a, a, an interview, Rich Roll, of Rich Roll. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was talking about how... Uh, how naive he was when he first started the podcast and you know how terrible the equipment was and how terrible the sound was you know and now he's the rich world podcast you know and and, but he just it took him starting um in order to begin to figure it out and if he had or if we had or if if anybody just spends all their time trying to make sure they have everything perfect or all the ducks in a row before they get started then then they're never going to start because you just can't you can't ever come at it perfectly um, right. before you go on. and and if you do then most likely you know you get started and you realize like we got the wrong equipment or you you don't actually <laughs> right. you, know, you never paid any attention to like how much you're putting into the content or or whatever and yep. um and you end up failing so yeah i mean one of the things underlying that is the fact that like you don't get better you don't get good you don't get I mean, you can be perfect, but you don't get you don't approach that perfect until it takes actually starting to do that like that's the mm-hmm. thing it takes to get good enough to start in a lot of people's mind right so you have to do it there's a, a great old john morrow blog post on copy blogger and i know he's a mentor of yours doug mm-hmm. uh and the the post was something like i don't know 15 signs your content sucks and he's writing for other bloggers you know about their blogging and you can apply it to their podcasting and one of the signs is you've been at it for less than six months which i always have always remembered that one because it's like i i felt like i worked so hard during that first six months to like get good and i'm glad i did that and you should but like, it, a lot of times it just takes doing it. Like you just have to do it for that long before you're going to be any good at it. And I think this applies to so many things. Uh, so if you're not willing to start until you're that good, you, then you never, you never start. Of course. Mm-hmm. All right. right. We have a couple more, but we should. Yeah, we should say hey to Bombas again. Yeah, I just saw Bombas ad on TV, and then, I, and then I thought, hey, I'm going to be reading that ad in just a few minutes. Hey, cool. <laughs> 
This episode of Nomad Athlete Radio is brought to you by Bombas and their comfortable socks. Doug, how often do you think about socks? <laughs> Not very often, Matt. <laughs> Except when I'm thinking about Bombas. Bombas. Or when you see their ad on TV. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> or when you're wearing cool, high Virginia Beach style socks like I've been wearing recently. <laughs> like and then, Virginia then Beach they stuff. become a fashion statement instead of just <laughs> something hidden under your shoe. Uh-huh. Uh, well, now you have reason to think about them. Bombas is changing the game with comfortable socks made from super soft, natural cotton. Every pair comes with art support, a seamless toe, and a cushioned footbed that's comfy but not too thick. And they have a whole lot of, re- of vegan styles. With a variety of styles, Bombas look great in the gym, at the office, or on the town. And for every Bombas purchase you make, they will donate a pair of socks to someone you need. I think, you know, I think we said this in the last time we read one of these ads, but, uh, I really do go to the Bomba socks every single time now. <laughs> yeah, every, yeah. And they're not even they're dirty. Well, I mean, I've worn them twice a couple times. Uh, you mean dirty ones? I mean, I've like reworn them. Yeah, like two yeah, years ago. Yeah. I don't want to get rid of them. I want to uh, put them in the laundry. I, uh, I, I just uh, they're they're great socks. I really like them. <laughs> I do. They're snug and they're nice and they're a little bit wicking and they, mm-hmm. like I said, they have that left right distinguishing and I like that. That makes it seem. Just, I don't know, just seems pro, and I like it. Get 20% off your first purchase by going to bombas.com slash no meat. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash no meat for 20% off. All right. All right. So, yeah, do you have one, or do you want me to go? Uh, let me just say one that that is a derivative of the one I just said, uh, and that is that you're wasting time, mm. which is... I mean, people just have no idea how much time they waste. I do it too. I get sucked into FIFA or whatever, and really just FIFA. I get sucked into FIFA, and then <laughs> I think you then, gave up FIFA or something. Didn't I know, you I'm announce back, that in I'm the back in. Yeah, I got back. an Xbox, and now I'm back in the game. Oh, you got a new system? <laughs> because FIFA 20 is coming out, and the system I had is not doing FIFA 20. They're, they're just not not making it better anymore. Ugh. So I had to upgrade, and I had to. Had to get good at good at this one before it comes out, so it's just mm-hmm. back in the game. <laughs> anyway, it just that thankfully that FIFA counts how much time you spend on it. So last year I saw how much time I had spent on it, and I don't know what it was—two hundred something hours in four months or something—and and I said that's it, I'm done. <laughs> uh, and so I suggest that you do the same. Find a way of counting how much time you're spending <laughs> on whatever your habit is. Uh, you know, for so many people it's social media. For a whole lot of people it's Netflix. Uh, I don't know. I guess there. I guess you could do the same thing with podcasts and find some that are just purely entertainment and aren't really doing anything for you other than entertaining you. Um, but find a way of calculating. It, to do the thing where you take three days and you write down every single thing you do, every little two-minute action you take, you write it down. Uh, this is annoying for three days, but you do it, and then you you just realize just how much time you're sinking into different things. Uh, and some of it you have to. Some of you just you know it just takes a long time to drive your kids around town or make food or whatever, but you will find this thing, you're like, I do not need to be doing that activity, or I need to be doing that activity for, for 20 minutes a day, not three hours. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that, I mean, when people say they don't have enough time to do something, I get that some people really have busy lives, but it, I find it very hard to believe that someone can't find an hour to, to work on whatever they want. Mm-hmm. Yep, I think that's that's right for the most part. Yeah, and by and by the way, the way I say it's that comes from the other one is that very often that is the form of procrastination. Is that just you're you're kind of afraid to go do whatever it is you want to do, and it's so much much easier is just start flipping through Instagram and and liking things and whatever. Right, right. Yeah, which kind of leads me into to my next one, which is that you don't really want to do it. 
You know, you're, you're failing at your goals because you don't really want to do it. You like the idea of doing it. You like the idea of being the person who does it. But I think more often than not, if you're, if you just can't get going or you can't really make, you know, you've tried multiple times to run a marathon and you just kind of get a couple weeks in and, and fail at it, um, more than likely it's because you're not willing to put in the sacrifice and the work and give up the comfortable things like looking at Instagram or whatever. And just not, you're just not, you don't really want to do it. You yeah. think you want it, but you don't really want it. So you like the idea of, of having done it, mm-hmm. or the, but not the, but not the idea of not, not actually doing what it takes to do it. You don't like right. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's, that's, uh, that is insightful, Doug. And I think it's very often true. Uh, what I asked though is like, what do you think about that person who who doesn't really want to run a marathon, but really likes the idea of having run a marathon? Like, do they? Do what they do I think to... of that person? I think they're a waste of space. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, no, I'm totally kidding. Uh, what do you think they need to do? Do they need to just accept that that a marathon is not for them because they don't want it, or do they mm. need to find a way to really want it? I mean, I think I think it it. Uh... That's a good question, and I'm, and I, I think it probably depends on the person. But um, you know, I would probably tell somebody who like that. I would I would say try to figure out why you really want to do it, why you want to be the person who does that, like why you think you want that, and um, and then see if there's another thing that would give you just as much satisfaction, um, but would be actually something that you really do want to do. You know, whether if if you want to run a marathon because you want to do some big endurance event but you just can't get over all the running that's involved you know maybe you maybe cycling is better fit for you or uh or maybe like you just want to get ripped and go to the gym and that will give you just as much satisfaction um you know and and be a lot more fun for you mm-hmm. so uh you know there might it might be that you really do want to run a marathon and you got to kind of put the system in place for you to do that that makes it fun that makes it something you can commit the time to um but more than likely, you should just find a different goal that gives you whatever the same, you know, that's just as appealing, but actually is something you want to do. Yeah, this is tricky because I think you could, I think a lot of times people will start wanting to run a marathon because it's kind of for the wrong reasons, not because they want to go do the training, but they just want that medal and that, that Instagram photo of them with the medal. Right. Um, but then if they actually start, like if, if they are not, in this situation where they don't actually start because they don't really want it. Um, but they actually do start. Like, I think, I think people change and can start to like something for the right reason just by virtue of having experienced what it feels like to do it for the right reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so you can start to fall in love with the training and the love and the, and the running and the watching yourself improve and you know, all the, the process, which is the, which is right. the point, right? You want that, yeah. you want people to like the process. Uh, but it's hard to like the process at first, especially if you haven't, haven't ever done it. Yeah. So I think that's interesting that a lot of people I think will will never actually begin and never give themselves the chance to fall in love with that process mm-hmm. um, because they think they don't want it. So I don't know what to do with that person. But or uh, or they quit, you know, two weeks in, like you're saying, because it's just it feels really hard because you're not in the rhythm yet, you know. Yeah. Right. And that's yeah. the dip idea. We've right. Talked about plenty, so no need to go into that now. Which all right. So uh, do you have another one? I have one more that kind of leads in really well to what we were just talking about. Yeah. Do, do yours because I I can say a little more about that too. But then okay. I have one more. All right. So uh, my final one is that uh, you don't have any inter- inter- intermediary goals. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
And I think that this this plays in well with with what you were just saying about um, how you know you might fall in love with the process as you're doing it. Um, one thing that you know this might not be for everybody. I know that uh, some people are really big goal driven, and that's all that they need is this kind of far fetched massive goal. Um, but for me, you know, like I remember thinking about my first hundred mile race, you know, it's like I first learned about ultramarathons. I was like, I want to run a hundred mile race. I'd never run a 50 K. I'd never run any sort of ultramarathon, but I had that goal, a hundred mile race, uh, but it was so far off that there's just no way I was going to be successful for, you know, cause I know myself well enough to know that like, I can't, I can't set a goal that is three years in the future and, um, and I don't have a pathway to get there, but mm. Uh, I can get excited about a 50K goal or a 50-mile goal, which in and of itself at the time for me maybe wasn't as nearly as exciting as the 100-mile goal, but I saw it within the big picture of training for that 100-miler. And so therefore, I could get really excited about it because it was the first step. It was the first intermediary goal uh, to get me to that to the finish line of, of the 100-miler. Mm-hmm. So that's that's what got motivating, and I could get invest fully behind those smaller goals in order to then make my way up to the big goal. And, uh, and I could fall in love with, with those smaller goals instead. Yeah, this is a, this is a great point. Um, there, there's that idea, and I don't know if it's really been shown to be true or people just kind of suppose that it's true, that we underestimate what we can do in like three years, but we overestimate what we can do in one year. So the only way to really set the big exciting goal that I think is really necessary to, to make progress with something and to be willing to kind of, you know, realign your whole life and focus on it and all the things we've talked about, uh, is to have a goal that is really more than a year from now in the future, like, like this, you know, two or three years away. Um, and then this problem comes up of like, that's so far away. How do I actually get excited about it? How do I mm-hmm. do it? And I, I'm not very good at focusing on these small goals. Like I, I was thinking back on this when I, qualified for Boston. That was this big seven year quest of mine. And the only reason I did it is because I, I really never, I was somehow that goal was exciting enough that I was able to keep it in my mind and like lie to myself and say that maybe somehow this training cycle, it will go well enough that I will actually qualify this time and not, not two years from now, like Mm -hmm. one would think. Uh, and for me it worked like it, I think I could have gotten there faster had I been able to say this is a two or three year goal. And I have some other ones in between, and as long as I'm hitting those steps, then I'm good. Um, but I, I just, for some reason, that goal was compelling enough that I could keep it in my mind as the primary thing to do. Uh, and you know, we've talked about this with like running a marathon too. Like if you, if you had to train for a half marathon first, or you have to first do a 5K and 10K, and you have to do the programs for each of them, it, it can get so far away that it's just too far away. So I think there's a. a delicate balance to be struck here, right? Where you, you, and it's something you, know, you did, you did that with the hundred, you saw each of those stepping zones as exciting because it moved you closer to the goal that you really wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard when they're not, when you can't make them exciting on their own. So I think you've, you've got to be able to, to see each step as yeah super exciting. Yeah. Good. Okay. Um, I've got one more and it is that, Well, okay. So as I think this is one of the most important ones. I don't know if it keeps you from achieving goals if you're doing it, but I think it keeps you from ever being fulfilled and having a nice life. <laughs> so it's pretty important. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. And that is to that is not to require hitting the goal um, to be happy. 
Mm. Because so basically, and this idea I got from from MindValley.com, which I've been into recently, and I, I knew this before, but I kind of forgot it. Um, the idea that you should untangle your happiness from your goals, like you should have both of these things. You should have daily happiness and do the practices that lead to happiness, which for a lot of people is things like exercise, meditation, time with friends, and making progress towards a goal. And for that reason, you should have you know a big vision about the future, something that is exciting, uh, and and like I said, something that you are daily seeing progress happening towards Mm -hmm. but you don't need to have the goal to have to be happy because if if you do if that's your criteria is i have met this goal before i am happy satisfied fulfilled whatever uh then as soon as you get there like if you're that type of person who has that thing as soon as you get there you no longer have something that is now keeping you happy and excited because that never is the case that you achieve the goal and then say okay i'm happy good like life is done now I can just go off and be happy forever after uh, because I've achieved this goal. So I think you need both of those things. I think you need goals. I think you need happiness. And I don't think they really relate to each other. I think you should be you should be able to be happy in pursuit of your goal. And do not tell yourself the story that says, once I get this, whether it's a certain amount of money or a certain weight or a business or running a marathon, once I get this, then I can be happy. And then, I, then I'm not going <laughs> to need more things. Right. Uh, I think you have to be happy in the meantime and, and recognize just how important for almost everybody, how important that, that progress piece is, that, that feeling of making progress towards something, uh, that really that is what, like, that's the thing you want forever, not as to achieve your goal and be happy forever. The thing you want forever is to be making progress towards a, something that is exciting to you. Mm-hmm. So that I'm working on that now. Yeah. I think that's, uh. that's really important. I mean, you know, I, I think because as soon as you reach that goal, you check it off, you know, the list, and uh, and then you're like, well, crap. Now we got to do something else to. Right. You'll set another goal, and then and then you're not happy until you reach it. So then, in that way, you're never it. happy. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. You're on the on the hamster wheel. Um. So yeah, I mean, I think that's that's probably important. And you know, and the and the happier you are in life, the more likely, the more motivated you are, probably to. Definitely. So I so I said maybe this isn't something that would prevent you from reaching your goals, but perhaps it is. Perhaps if right. you're not happy and you're just slog fest working so hard at this thing i mean yeah you're probably gonna make some progress for it but i don't think you're gonna have the insights and the creativity and uh you know whatever that little extra something is the luck or the the whatever that where you're struck by something that seems bigger than you yeah Uh, it's hard hard to tap into that when you're not happy yeah okay i like it matt so i think everyone now knows why they are failing at their goals why they're a failure my other failure, but hopefully we gave them uh, tools to, to change be more that. like us, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> constantly achieving, <laughs> never failing, right? Good. Well, I hope it helped. Uh, no. We're trying to keep episodes a little bit shorter, and I think I think we did a good job. So, yeah, solid, solid <laughs> eight minutes shorter than normal. So. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. Thanks for listening, everyone. Yeah. We'll be back next week. All right. All right.